Hi, I'm Allison Hess. And I'm Marta McDonald. Welcome to the Thousand Islands Playhouse Podcast. Dive in with us as we talk to the artists of the 2023 season and get a behind-the-scenes peek at the seven fantastic shows happening this summer. Don't forget to tune in to give your ears a front-row seat. See you you at the theater. Welcome back to the 2023 season of the Playhouse Podcast. We're recording today on the ancestral land of the Haudenosaunee and Anunnabek peoples. We are in the MyFM studio, which looks out over the beautiful St. Lawrence River, surrounded by the Thousand Islands. My name is Marta McDonald. And I'm Allison Hess. Thank you for joining us today as we dive into the third production of our 2023 season and the first show of the season that takes place in our Fire Hall Theatre, Intimate Apparel. Intimate Apparel is considered to be one of the best plays ever written from Pulitzer Prize-winning playwright Lynn Nottage. Inspired by the story of her real-life great-grandmother, Intimate Apparel follows Esther, a seamstress specializing in exquisite corsets as she navigates relationships, love, and her future. This is a great production for our Fire Hall Theatre because it is a very intimate space compared to our Springer Theatre. I think it's around like 100, 110 seats, something like that. Approximately, depending on the configuration. We are very lucky to have two members of the creative team with us in the studio today, director Lisa Karen Cox and set designer Sarah Uwadiai. Welcome. Woo-hoo! Happy to be here! (laughs) Hey, woo-hoo! Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, This is our, uh, this is your, both of your first production with the Thousand Islands Playhouse, yeah? Yes. Yes, that is correct. Yeah. Happy to be here. Amazing. Well, we'll we'll give you a little bit of an intro. Um, So, our director... Lisa Karen Cox, um, as we said before, this is her TIP debut, um, and, but she has worked at various companies, Soul Pepper, um, working through with uh, Obsidian Theatre in partnership with CBC Gem, and she also um, is has spent over a decade in performing arts working with the Toronto District School Board. She's an actor and a certified teacher, and, and as well as an intimacy director um, with the, and a faculty member at the Toronto Metropolitan University. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's who I am. That's a lot. You're like, those are the things. It's weird, right? Seeing kind of your life like in a little paragraph like that. Where you're like, oh, okay, great. Very strange. Uh, and for Sarah, also your tip debut. Uh, and you just opened the wedding band, right, at Stratford, which yeah. is pretty exciting. So that was your second season at Stratford. And you've also worked at the Citadel, Theatre Calgary. Um, but you're also a multi multidisciplinary artist as well as a filmmaker, uh, which is awesome. So I can't wait to dive into some of that as well. So yeah. thank you for joining us and, and speaking with us. And uh, oh, I don't know if I mentioned Sarah is our set designer. So we have our director and our set designer here. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure our audience is very excited to kind of know how those things uh I think we all know what a director does, or at least I think we think we know what a director does. But I think uh, a set designer and talking about that is going to be a really interesting thing today. So I'm excited. All right, let's dive in. As it says in the title, Intimate Apparel um, is a production that features many intimate moments, both emotionally and physically. Uh, Lisa, you've worked, as I said, as an intimacy director in the past, um, and you've brought in an intimacy choreographer, Corey Tasmania, for this production. Um, For those who might not know, can you tell us what it means to be an intimacy choreographer? Sure. Um, Intimacy, firstly, I would say, is a relatively new development in theater and film, and it's really about 
balancing power. <laughs> yeah. Ultimately, when the, the work we do as artists is deeply vulnerable and intimate work, particularly when it comes to physical intimacy. And sometimes you just want to make sure there's a balance of power so no power is abused. You know, for me as the director, the reason I brought an intimacy choreographer on despite being one myself is because as the director, I hold a lot of power in the room and I want to ensure that all of the actors are doing things that they are comfortable with. Mm -hmm. And it's easier to be in deeper dialogue, more honest dialogue with someone who's not the director. Totally. So that ensures that they're doing things that they're comfortable with. The play, like right in the stage directions. I mean, it's called Intimate Apparel. Let's be real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you're already talking about like underwear and undergarments as a starting place vulnerability, yeah. and vulner like physical vulnerability in terms of the the material and the clothing and where that clothing is placed on the body uh, and then even further to that the extreme emotional vulnerability is also mm -hmm. deeply apparent in the play but the intimacy choreographer specifically is brought in to choreograph those moments of physical intimacy mm -hmm. to ensure that the actors feel safe yeah so it's not that the actors have to make choices in the moment that might make the other actor uncomfortable it's like they're basically given choreography for the touching of each other and Absolutely. so that people feel super comfortable and they're not feeling like they have to make um, acting choices that involve physicality that could be quite vulnerable exactly right. they're talked through the process quite extensively mm -hmm. we did over eight hours of choreography work mm -hmm. uh, in the piece. So anything you see in the piece is really mapped out in great detail. It'll look like it's not because they're acting. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Concept. <laughs> um, how do you find your experience as an intimacy director uh, lends itself to the direction of intim intimate apparel as a whole? Like Because it is really so much about intimacy. I mean, we talk about physical intimacy, but emotional intimacy, for me, especially the depth with which we go in this play, has to be mapped out equally as deeply. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the reality is the way you look at someone is intimate. The way yes. you hold their hand is intimate. So it's imbued deeply in the play. And I would say also for one of our characters, for two of our characters, how they touch even material and fabric is also incredibly intimate. Yes, well, the stage direction, there's so much in that Lynn has written in that's like inferred motive that's not, that you have to sort of like, it's like she, she looks but then doesn't look. And you're like, <laughs> okay, so I know what that means, but then the actor is going to have to just like really portray that because there is no dialogue involved. And so there's so much that's like said with an instant look. In this Absolutely. show, the yeah. subtext is off yes. the hook yes. in this yes. one. <laughs> subtext, yes, that's exactly it. That's amazing. Uh, I'm going to turn it to Sarah. So, as I said, you are a multidisciplinary artist and a filmmaker, as well as a theater designer. So, how does your experience outside the theater space affect how you interpret a script when you design a show? Whoa. Um. <laughs> okay, we're just, how does it not? We're just starting off small for you, Sarah. You know. Um. Uh, I think that um, coming to a work, it's I have learned in my own lived experience and work as an artist that it's extremely important for me to approach a work as a full human being, um, a three-dimensional character with lived experience, with relationships in the world, with all that I am, um, to come that way as opposed to coming to a project like this, for instance, where I'm the set designer, instead of coming as a set designer and turning off all the other 
parts of my brain. Um, it's helpful for me to, um, it's everything actually, uh, for me to be present and be, be wholly present as a full human being who is an artist in all these different ways. So I, I will say that the very, like, th that's like the very beginning point of being part of any project like this um play when i read it i told I, and <laughs> met with lisa i told her this is dating in 2023 this is the world that we live in right now even yes, though it's set yeah, in 1905 exactly. so yeah. myself as a human young woman who's currently in the dating <laughs> world like <laughs> i also bring my experience yeah. you know on that level um, to it and there, there's just you know it, it's so layered and so intricate and it's 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 really it, it's impossible I mean it's been impossible for me to come to this work as anything but a full human being yeah, you know yeah I, I don't want to like I don't want to give anything away but like I, it's this is such a stupid anecdote I'm about to say here we go so last night I watched The Perfect Man starring Hilary Duff um, <laughs> No shade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a sad girl night. Anyway, so um, that story is also about false, like falsifying, um, like le like writing. Like she writes to her mother as someone else, and that's mm. kind of like not giving too much away. But it's like what you're saying about dating in 2023, like the concept of catfishing, the idea of being able to be someone else on the internet. Like this story, really, like at its root, is like how you disguise yourself as someone else to like to basically be pitching yourself as a prospect to someone and yeah. like to making yourself seem like you're better than you think you are mm -hmm. yeah it's yeah. like yeah so i i totally appreciate what you're saying about <laughs> coming to it as yourself and like bringing that experience to what you build in this world it's important yeah i also love that the we now have a recommendation for hillary duff no i'm not saying it's a recommendation i'm saying come see him in apparel yes. <laughs> you can do both it's cool. yeah exactly. we we are a vast multitudes right mm -hmm. uh, that, that's amazing sarah thank you like can you explain a bit just the kind of logistics and mechanics of for our audience like how as a as a designer how do you conceptualize the set when you know all you have are words on a page how do you even kind of think about that because i think for our audience you know we see it and we're like oh yeah that's the set but you know in a lot of times the set is not given to you it's not given to you and so you need to create it based on the words that you read so how do you kind of go about doing that yeah for sure um the script itself is usually a very very great starting point because there will be indications of oh this person's in a bedroom so then we need a bedroom on stage <laughs> <laughs> you know this person is in a fabric store then we need a fabric store on stage you know so those things are, are helpful um understanding the period is everything collaborating of course with the director is like the most important piece of designing anything because at the end of the day the design work is to support the direct uh, the director's vision mm -hmm. and to help tell the story that they are telling um and to you know support it and for us to tell it together for it to have one language one image one visual quality to for it to be cohesive mm -hmm. um and that's that's the entire point that's everything about um with regards to like designing and creating space and so for this play um it intimate apparel so like one of the first conversations we had was um the configuration of the space of like how do we tell this intimate story um in this space and have the audience basically 
feel and understand that they are a fly on the wall in this mm-hmm. character's life right. and perspective and, and lived experience. So we chose the configuration that we chose to emphasize that, that the audience members are flies on the wall witnessing privileged information, privileged mm-hmm. knowledge of this woman's entire life, her heartbreak, her hurt, her pain, her passion, her dreams. Um, so that was um, the very starting point of, okay, this is this is how we want to place it for the audience to know that, you know, um, they cannot cross the stage like yeah. they probably would have been able to another um, sets that have been done. So like the stage is sacred. It is literally a world of its uh, own as it is with usually, you know, theater plays. Oh, yeah. But this one in particular, um, the audience would it will be a violation literally for the audience to step a foot on the stage. Yeah, I'm a stickler um, for that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and just because like it's so intimate, right? Like the story that they're they're telling um, the actors giving themselves to this role. Lisa directing it is just all like levels and levels and of of and layers and layers of of intimacy, right? So um, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't really think about it until you were mentioning the audience feeling like a fly on the wall because it is. It's an alley staging for those who have not yet to come see it that are listening. Um, so there's audience on two sides and reading it. Like I'm just putting two and two together that all of the spaces are like very private like even mr marx is like you imagine that his fabric shop is just like in an like like four stories up in like a tiny little apartment right like yeah. it's not like it's like this big walk off the street kind oh, of yeah, like it's thing. like it's like not yeah. yeah so everywhere you go is like a very private space there's no like coffee shop mm-hmm. or like park or something that would exist in public space where there would be other people i mean it's literally every space you go is a bedroom yeah yeah, so it's like it's just like a qu- quiet, intimate moments for every every step of the play, intimate yeah. and very private. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and you sort of already touched on this, both uh, Sarah and Marta. But as we said, we have an alley set up for this or a traverse stage, right? So a lot of our audience may have seen a show in our Springer Theater that is a traditional proscenium where you have the audience and then you have the stage and there's sort of this invisible wall in between and it's almost more of a presentation really than like a I mean every show is a conversation but compared to different stagings but is I guess for both of you Lisa or Sarah like you know what made the the alley versus in the round or a different kind of staging the appropriate uh, staging for intimate apparel and and for Sarah like how do you when well both of you when you're staging or when you're creating the stage like to keep that in mind so that sight lines and you know the audience is is still a part of all of that i mean practically speaking in the round wouldn't work because you have one two three four different bedrooms to go to right so there's just the practical uh, aspect of that um i really wasn't interested in doing a proscenium stage which is like the audience is over yeah. here and the stage is over here and there's this like little invisible yeah. fourth wall in between us yeah. um, because that feels really is appropriate for other shows but feels really distancing um, and this is supposed to be about intimacy right. mm-hmm. <laughs> and I wanted the audience to feel that intimacy it's not just between the actors that the intimacy takes place there's also the dialogue and exchange that's happening between the audience and the action happening oh, on that. stage that's so great um, and 
the alley configuration also allows folks to see how other people are yeah, responding that's, Yes, that's what I was going to say. That's my favorite thing about alley staging <laughs> is that you're literally not only you're watching through the play to the rest yes. of the audience. How is that? Yeah. How, how does our play impact the rest of the world? Uh, how yeah. does our play impact those very specific people in those specific mm-hmm. seats? And the show is drastically different depending on where you're sitting in the house is the other thing. Okay, so see it multiple times is what you're saying. Yes, come back. Yes, of course. Many times. (laughs) Different seating. Yeah, Um, absolutely. Yeah, and with regards to sight lines, I mean, of course. (laughs) Priority. (laughs) We've talked a lot about sight lines. We've had a whole lot of conversations about sight lines. And it's ongoing. important thing, right? Because you do all this work and you want people to see it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? 100%. Yeah. And it's ongoing because there's there's a level on stage. So mm-hmm. then, you know, there's just, you know, navigating that. Um, um, and Lisa is really good about, like, you know, when she's blocking, she's all over the rehearsal hall just looking for, like, oh, okay, did you just scooch to the left <laughs> a little bit? You know, like, just <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> making sure, like, tracking all those, um, you know, sight lines. They're extremely important. Um, and, you know, even in choices of, like, props that we're mm-hmm. using, the headboard of the bed is has been a big conversation right. of like wait will this impa- like will this be in the right. way like you know trying to figure out and make those um decisions that from the outside you'll be like wait it's a headboard but no it's it's very important like, yeah. it has to be just the right height it has to be just the right width you know it has to be just right so it does not you know um obstruct you know uh the view or cause mm-hmm. sightline issues mm-hmm. so like it's an ongoing conversation for sure until opening right. um just trying to navigate the different prop um, pieces that we're bringing, different um, set pieces, and how those things help in uh, with with sight lines. Yeah, well, I, like as we were just saying earlier, like it's not a lot of well, the storytelling is not in the dialogue. So, like people mm-hmm. have to be able to see yeah. facial expression. They have to be able to see moments. They have to be able to see yeah. tension between the characters yeah. from any seat you're in. Mm-hmm. What a challenge, guys! <laughs> <laughs> But it's also about the reality of of any story. Mm-hmm. There are many, many different perspectives. Mm-hmm. That's also what the alley seating provides. Totally. So, like, mm-hmm. yes, you could sit. I'm pointing to like downstage left, like mm-hmm. at the yeah. front. There is no front of the stage on this <laughs> yeah. hey, on, in this instance. But you could sit on one side of the audience yeah. and get one experience, and then go to the other side of the audience and have a completely different experience yeah. in the show, depending on which characters. Yeah, perspective. Perspective. Yeah, who's you seeing. like see Mr. Marks in one, and then you exactly. see Esther in the other. Oh, fun! Yeah. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to see this yeah. a bunch of times. Yeah. So just- yeah, bring uh, friends too. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No, definitely. Uh, so, Lisa. So, I've uh, read your director's note. Not to give anything too much away. Uh, it's a great director's note, by the oh, way. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you said in that note, but also in general, that you're deeply vested in celebrating stories like Esther's and sharing mm-hmm. them with the theater going public. So, you know, for, for our audience uh, is from Eastern Ontario. It's a very predominantly white, older audience. And for you as a black woman, being able to work with this amazing story and share it with an audience that may have never put themselves in, in Esther's shoes. What What is that like? And is it something, do you think about, I mean, I, I think, I feel like we've already talked about it, but like thinking about the audience when you're creating these stories and who you're talking to as well, not just the story you're telling, but who it's telling to. I mean, lots of feelings about this. <laughs> I think about this every day. <laughs> I turned down this contract. I was like, oh, I don't want to be a, quote unquote black director who only does black yep. work. We would never ask that question. 
question to a white artist. That, yeah. that, that, there's the reality of that as well. Um, but for me, I'm really, I mean, as I said in my director's note, I'm like, I think sometimes coming from Toronto, uh, we can get a little bit on our high horse about like what's happening across Canada and what's happening even in our province. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm the mother of two biracial children, uh, one of whom is really presents as black because he has got locks in his hair. And I want him to be able to live wherever he wants to live. And I want my daughter to be able to live wherever she wants to live. And for them to be able to do that, everyone in the province and in the country has to have been exposed to these stories mm-hmm. and to our community. Absolutely. And what a beautiful way to do it is through the theater and through storytelling. Um, and so I humbled myself slash had a really good cry. Yeah. <laughs> and was like, you know what? This is actually really important. It's actually a really important story to not keep in big cities, mm-hmm. but to share with members of all communities totally including us smaller communities that don't yet don't yet have as many people of color exactly because you know like anyone who wouldn't want to live in this beautiful part Part of of the the province and part of the country close to the water it's so good and healing for the spirit and the soul and so we should also have that choice and uh, by that exposure and that learning that's how we create relationships yes that's how we create community. That's how we become inclusive. Mm-hmm. That's how we have spaces where everyone feels like they belong. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's taking steps, I think, too, where from a predominantly white theater with a white background and a white history, that we have the opportunity to tell a story like this in the fire hall that is a black story told by black artists, mm-hmm. but then maybe that becomes the norm. And then it becomes part of our regular season and it becomes yeah. part of every season. And it's not just black stories told by black artists. It's just stories told by artists. I mean, we're still at a place where I had I, I had a member of the community, a new member of the community, new black member of the community say, where do I go to see work for us? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, that's why I'm here. <laughs> Very proudly. <Yeah. laughs> that's why I'm here. Come see Intimate Apparel. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was really, that's amazing. really lovely yeah. to be able to say that. Awesome. Definitely. To this human. Yeah. For sure. Uh, great. And so, Sarah, similar question. You know, you're originally from Nigeria, and you've spoken about your interest in amplifying the stories of marginalized people and immigrants. Um, and I know we kind of touched this because we talked about how you come to every design and every show as a, as a human, as a fully fledged human. But how has the experience been working on this production, you know, from that perspective, right? Uh, like you said, that even though it's set in 1905, it's like today, like the world hasn't changed. The world is very similar. Whoa. <laughs> Again. Um, good question. Um, yeah. Yes. I'm throwing them right at you guys. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm catching them. <laughs> I'm catching them. Um, a, I am an immigrant. I am a Nigerian immigrant to Canada. And um, even though I'm an immigrant, I deserve to be here just as everybody else does. Yeah. And um, I, I can't help in this moment but think of parallels between myself and a character in the play, George. Um, and because he's an immigrant and he came here in a dream. And um, 
those are very real. Uh, another part of this, again, to the dating in 2023 <laughs> <laughs> yes, is, 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 is on dating apps and talking to people, there's that factor. There, there are, like, real-life stories of... Not to give anything away, but there are real-life stories of people, women, men, humans, bringing, choosing to get married to someone from, mm, mm-hmm. the, you know, a country of origin, whether mm-hmm. it's in Africa or the Caribbean or Asia, wherever, um, as an immigrant yourself, trying to do that and, and help them get their own papers and blah, 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 and it just goes sour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, those are very, very real experiences. Mm-hmm. We can talk for days about yeah. them. Um, and, um, that's a very, very real part of, um, my, my, um, scope lens. Thank you. My lens in, in looking at this too. Um, uh, the, the fact that like humans sometimes, oof, how do I phrase words? Um, um, just see see a see an opportunity and are like oh i i i have to take this um and and you know uh, unfortunately or for, yeah unfortunately it goes to the detriment of another human being uh-huh. who's trying to be hopeful and looking for love or looking for this or looking for that um so this when i say it's a real story i really mean it like as as even from the lens of being an immigrant which is mostly where it resonates with me and most people in my community who are based here or who have immigrated um, for whatever, whatever the reason is. And I always say immigration is trading a set of problems for a new set of problems. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but uh, um, a reality is that um, in the dating world or relationship world, um, the pressure from society, family, all that that is, um, uh, and, and Sometimes that gets to people to the point that they make choices like Esther did in the play. Totally. Um, and, and regret it. And the choice that George makes, too. Like, I think there oh, is such, and regret such it. Com- like, complexity you know? in both characters. Like, I I mean, I, I don't want to give too much away. I feel like yeah. we want to talk about the play, but we don't want to, like, share kind too much. Because it, it has such an interesting, like, the story in, um, evolves in such an interesting way that we don't want to, like, spoil that for you as you're on your way as yeah. we assume you are <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah each character does have such a complexity and it is so much about like like getting down to the the sort of like you, what feels like a desperation where you're like I, ha- I, I just I yeah. have to I have to do this to for to means to an end to make yeah. this happen for me yeah yeah and yeah. then the other person on the other end of that is like uh, is left um, when when that person like when the when yeah. one person does something like that to someone else, then the other person is like, "Well, I just got used," you yeah. know. And then there's this there's this jadedness and blah 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 that comes with like um, being in a position like that. But um, this is like real life; it still yeah. very much happens. Yeah. And, Absolutely. And, um, yeah. So well, and everyone and everyone like I mean, like like with Mr. Marks, with Mamie, like with all of them, like there is just oh, yeah. so much like weight that they carry yeah. that they have to sort of like 
hold back or push forward in certain ways. Yeah, yeah. like the complexity of like human relationship, yeah. whether you know, if you haven't figured out already, but, this, <laughs> as we stated before, is a very good play. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's yeah. amazing, and it's about the human experience from yeah. a whole new perspective, yeah. and it's. Yo, come see it. So come see it. Come see it multiple times and sit in different places every yes. time we can yes. see it. Every that's that's good to know. Okay, so uh, as we talked about, you know, this play being produced here in Gananoque, I know that you've been working very hard the last like week and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, week and a half at this point. Wild. How time flies, <laughs> eh? Yeah. Uh, have you had a chance to explore Gananoque? Have you been anywhere that you kind of would be like, you know, this is a great place that if people are coming to see the show, they should check out, whether it's a restaurant or the waterfront or anything like that? We always like to do a little shout out to, oh, yes. to places in Gan. Oh, yes. I have some places. <laughs> this morning I had the most delicious freshly baked scone. from the Painted Turtle Cafe. Mm. It was amazing. I also had an oat milk cortado there. Also amazing. And Mm -hmm. I'm picky. Well, so, there you I'm go. just saying, it, and I had a, gin, a ginger snap cookie from there. Like, mm-hmm. I had three things. Clearly, yeah. I was hungry this morning, yeah. but it was all delicious and good. Great. And my kids have requested to go back to the Beggar's Banquet Bookstore. Yeah. Uh, the selection of books oh there my gosh. is amazing! Their kids and young adults mm. section, especially, like... So good! Yeah. It's like a playground of books. It's oh. amazing. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. 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 I think for me, I'm just saying, I'll say the water. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I actually live really close to the water. Yeah. So I on my walk every day, I get to just like look at the water. Yeah, enjoy um, it. I haven't had the time yet to actually go, but there. I'll get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, during I'm tech week, you'll need a break. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'll absolutely have time, right? Yeah, <laughs> during tech week. During yeah. Tech yeah. Week. yeah. <laughs> you get dinner breaks, right? Yeah. Just jump yeah. in then. Yeah, uh, well, awesome. Thank you both so much for coming to speak to us about this, as we said, amazing play, this amazing production. And thank you for taking the time out of your very busy rehearsal schedule to, to come and speak with us. Thank you for really. inviting us. Of course. Yeah, this was conversation. Yeah. Yes, definitely. So fun to talk about this play. Um, as always, we want to express our thanks to Mark Hunt for composing the Playhouse podcast music. This podcast is sponsored and produced by MyFM, Gananoque. Many thanks to Carrie and the MyFM team for all their help. Um, for more ticket information for Intimate Apparel, please visit us at thousandmilesplayhouse.com. See you at the theater. Bye. See you soon. <laughs> <laughs>